Welcome back to a new episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. It's the podcast that goes behind the scenes of the fantasy football industry through interviews with some of your favorites in the business. In this latest episode, I was joined by Clay Mosley of Dynasty Trades and Five. We chatted about the similarities between Redraft and Dynasty, his Washington Commanders fandom, thoughts on trading, always being an entrepreneur, going all in on Dynasty Trades and Five and on himself, and a whole lot more. Make sure to give Clay a follow on Twitter at dpandemic underscore Clay. Give Dynasty Trades in 5 a follow at Trades in 5. Follow me on Twitter at the Casey Kasem and the podcast at GetReal underscore pod. This podcast is a proud member of the DAP Network. Let's get back to what we're here for. My conversation with Clay Mosley on Get Real with Casey Kasem. Like I'm having a casual conversation with you when I was just talking to you, but you know we're getting we're getting this down. It's a crazy day around here, and we've got Rangers baseball. That's that's my my jam. They were winning when I came up here. I'm pausing it, and I'm gonna watch. Nice. It. I, I won't it's say anything if I, see, if I see something. Yes. I won't don't say anything. anything. This is gonna be a, an experience for me, and I'm ready to ride this roller coaster that's about to happen. Anyway, I do have a nice guest with me tonight, and pretty pretty awesome stuff that you got going on but clay first and foremost how have you been today how's your day been going so far yeah so you and i were talking pre-show a little bit it was one of those days kind of just like a blah day it's it's like what did i uh what did i contribute to this world today <laughs> no it was uh yeah just just a just a usual monday just a usual monday but Hey, it's a uh, it's first world problems. See my kid getting off the bus at at four oh eight, throws his backpack at me, and then runs down the street with his kids. You know, life could be a lot worse. So, yeah, not sounds, too bad. Yeah, that's a, I mean, yeah, not too bad at all, at all. Yeah. Well, okay, so you brought up you have a kid. Uh, growing up yourself, were you into sports? Did you have football or any other sports that you watched? Yeah. What kind of teams were you into when you were younger? <laughs> Yeah, so I am a Washington Commanders fan, and I know you're a you're a Cowboys fan. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up right outside of DC, and my parents worked on Capitol Hill, and it was actually sweet because we had the hookup on local sports tickets, so we could go to the Caps games and where you know right near the ice. Um, now, when it came to football, my dad knew one of the first down yard yardage marker guys. And he got us hooked up with uh with field passes and got to go and like meet Mark Rippon and Daryl Green. So I was obviously hooked as a kid. And, and yeah, I thought, hey, I'm always gonna get all these free tickets, right? Yeah, I'm gonna sit behind <laughs> the dugout at, at all the Orioles games. No, but it was uh yeah. it was it was nice those Capitol Hill perks before those were taken away. I'm yeah, that's awesome. I can't even imagine being a kid and getting that experience given to me like that. That's that's just really rad. And now as you have been watching football more, has your allegiance, cha allegiance changed over the years? Or are you still a commander's fan? Yeah, okay. I was just asking because some people were like, more team has been doing so. Dude, if everybody's team does, <laughs> we're not going to get into it. <laughs> Cowboys fan, you already brought that up. I, I don't want to get myself all, all wound up. But so going to games, is there any game – football or or baseball or anything that you remember seeing a play or a moment that 
sticks out? Is there anything you can remember or like even an experience you had while you were there? I, I would say for me, it was it was when I was a little bit a uh, little bit older. I was probably around I don't know eleven or twelve or something, and my dad got the opportunity, or <clears throat> excuse me, the All Star Game was at Camden Yards in Baltimore, and we actually got tickets to go to the All Star Game. So that was an ultra cool thing for a kid. I was a big baseball player, and uh, being able to go to that game, I think, with my pops was 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 an experience to to remember and there was lots of partying between then and, and where i am now so that's the last one i remember too Casey. what do you know <laughs> <laughs> love it so how about fantasy football how did you stumble across that i was late I, I was late to the game honestly i think i was um i think it was in high school or yeah it was it was something like that my buddy was playing in a redraft league and uh and yeah, just decided to give it a go one one season, and I was hooked within I don't know like four hours. <laughs> once yeah, right. I realized what the heck it was, I, I didn't I didn't understand. I understood the concept, but I was never on the platform like seeing what it is to play fantasy football. I was immediately so hooked. Um, but that was redraft, and then oh, the dynasty disease. We can get into that. Uh, get into that later. But that's where <laughs> that's where stuff <laughs> escalated quickly. Quick. I mean, that's. I think that's how it goes for a lot of people. Yeah, redraft redraft's is a gateway, gateway drug. drug. Yep, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Nobody knows yeah. how important dynasty is to you as a, a fantasy football owner of these teams. Like, if you right. play a redraft, you just don't when I try to explain or whatever, sometimes it's like, wait, you do that all year. You're put and you keep like, damn right. <laughs> and you trade <laughs> and you do all of that. So, okay. But you do have a presence in the fantasy football space with all the work that work that you do and podcasting YouTube and all of that. How did you transition into putting out content and how did you find out how to put out content? Yeah, so I guess I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Um, tried to start a business after college down in uh, down in Wilmington, Wilmington, North Carolina. I went to UNCW. Tried to start a business after school. It was uh, it was called BarNerd.com. So we put live webcams up in bars. There was an online taxi sign up, and this was like pre Uber. And um, and I created a community basically where we were featuring like tattoo artists, musicians, you name it. Basically, just trying to create like a one stop shop, a nightlife community. Well, I didn't know how to run a business and I ran out of money in the recession ahead. It was like 2008. So, um, so yeah, decided to, uh, decided to just get a regular job, I suppose. Um, worked in medical sales for 11 years up until the last like couple months. But basically I got into the, uh, got into the fantasy space, got hooked on dynasty. Thanks to none other than Shane Manila, my co-host on Dynasty Trades in Five. And I know you know Shane well. Yes, Shane, Shane. Shane. <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, so yeah, I was uh I got into Dynasty. I met Shane, joined his Patreon, we became tight, and I was like, hey, I I kind of want to get into this space. I kind of want to get into Dynasty Fantasy Football business in some form or fashion. Who do I need to meet? And he said, You need to meet Scott Connor. I was like, okay. So join Scott's Patreon. 
um, got into a league with him. I was just trolling his, uh, his group me, uh, chat. And then <laughs> one day he posted, Hey, I've got this, uh, we've got this dispersal draft in this league that I commission. If you're interested, let me know. And I like jumped on it and I was like, Hey, like I'll be a good manager. You know, Shane, I know Shane, he's my dude. He can speak, speak to the fact that I'm not a tool. Like, and he's like, all right, you're in. Long story short, I wanted to um, I wanted to create yet another community. Dynasty Pandemic was the name of um, was the name of this one. So I wanted to create a yeah a, a community where you could go in there, chat right in the main part of the screen, kind of like a uh, like a Dynasty Twitter, if you will, on the sides, post community content. You know, any content creators who want to put themselves up on the website, I'm more than happy to show it trade polls, you know, just again, a community. It's, it's definitely the theme with me. I guess that's what makes me happy, but yeah. So, so started a uh, dynasty trades in five with Shane and Scott. I talked them into doing a five minute trade show um, because <laughs> I thought it would help to promote dynasty pandemic and they could yeah. promote their Patreons. And then people liked dynasty trades in five. So it, it just, yeah, changed from there. Okay, so before we start talking more about your journey into the creation of fantasy football content, let's go back to Dynasty because you did bring up Dynasty being this thing that kind of changed things for you and kind of got you into this mindset. So when you first started playing Dynasty, how did that come about? How did you navigate Mm -hmm. that new world from redraft to going into Dynasty? Oh, it, it was, I was so hooked. Honestly, I was like, I was like damn near manic for a second, honestly, with the amount of trading I was doing, it was bonkers. I would wake up every morning and my league mates, I would, I would say, good morning. How are you? And I'd like be just trying to talk to the league mates and get trades done every single day, making horrible trades, but just so hooked on the, the adrenaline of dynasty. So then of course, when you are in one league, you end up being in another league but then, yeah, you join two Patreons and then everybody in those Patreon chats are starting up leagues. So I went from like <laughs> two, like five years ago or something to where I'm at, like, I don't know, 18 to 20 now, something like that. But it went from two to 12. You know, one season I was setting two lineups. The next season I was setting 12 lineups. I was like, whoa, what have I done to myself here? <laughs> I think we all have that journey and some of yeah. us some of us go okay i'm cutting back and some of us go okay i'm i'm getting more i'm getting more cuz it's addictive yes it's addictive yeah. when when you started playing dynasty well actually for people who haven't played dynasty let's mm-hmm. let's go there what is something that you would suggest or some sort of advice that you would give them when they're first starting out I would say don't uh, don't be afraid of using trade calculators when you're first starting. Even in the even in the startup, um, the calculators these days you can type in like, "Hey, I'm trading this rounder for this rounder and getting this back," and it can kind of just help give you a baseline. Because in our home league, when it started, I, I remember the day very clearly. I was on my way to a work event and I see the sleeper message saying a trade has been completed. And this one guy in my league had traded Travis Kelsey to this other owner, got three firsts, three seconds, and gave away Kelsey and then the thirds and fourths from those years. And it was just this blockbuster monumental trade that pissed this one guy off big time. And he wrote me this like in-depth, like 
impressive letter honestly, <laughs> talking about how it was a bs trade and it was going to ruin the league blah 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 i should veto it yeah and, and obviously <laughs> i i didn't veto it but the reason i'm bringing that up is because that was such a huge trade and it was seen once it was thrown into a calculator as being so lopsided that mm -hmm. it jacked up the league market like right off the bat and this guy who got all these picks, he ended up turning those those picks into, you know, Justin Jefferson. Like, just he hit on all of those picks that he got, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I would say don't be afraid of trade calculators. They help you get, like, a little bit of a baseline. Don't, um, yeah, yeah, because you don't want to trade away your your picks and you have no idea what they're worth. And then you're you're starting from behind. So, right. Yep. I yeah. start from behind my oh, first, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, sure, no. sure. because at the, at the time I'm like, okay, this is my first like dynasty league where I'm playing with people that actually play dynasty, not like people who are first starting yeah. out. And so of course I'm getting thrown in with all of these wolves getting thrown to the wolves and I'm get, making these trades because I'm like, Ooh, trading. I didn't never, you know, I didn't never yeah. get this opportunity. And then it just like came back to bite me. And now, you know, I've been rebuilding for like three <laughs> or four years with yes. just that league, yes. if not more. So I totally get that. You you had brought up veto as well. How do you feel about vetoing in, in leagues? What's your opinion on all of that? I so first off, I'm like the worst commissioner ever, ever. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why. I like I started all these listener leagues, and then it's like, yeah, but you can't just start them and like not do anything. You have to do, have commissioner duties and stuff. But I I'm kind of um as opposed to being like strict bylaw kind of guy, it's kind of a don't be an ass kind of situation <laughs> when when I'm a commissioner, you know, it's like just yeah. Like the thing where it's um like Scott, my, my co-host, he loves to play whatever angle it is to be able to win. And I appreciate that about Scott and he does win. But things where it's like, oh, I don't need to set like this lineup or um, I don't have to have an active player in, in, in this spot. I, I tend to just let things go with the flow as long as you're not being a you know what. And any vetoes, sorry, not doing that. If it's two consenting adults, the trade went through. You had the option to hit decline. Um, however, there are some egregious ones, and we've we've seen them all, where it looks mm -hmm. like there's just some shadiness going on. In which case, let's let's drop the veto hammer. But no, no. yeah, we're we're like all grown boys and girls. We can we exactly. can do it. Exactly, exactly, and <laughs> yeah. I've, I've done plenty of trades where it looks like I'm going to win out and then I look like a fool because in two years, like I have nothing to show for it. So Exactly. And you know, you never know what the trade is going to turn out to, out to look like, you know? Right. And, and trading, I know that you were on with my boys in the trade addicts podcast yeah. a few weeks back or whatever. And you know, those are my homies over there, part of the DAP network. You here we it. are, here we are. <laughs> so, so talking about trading, I know that a lot of people who first started out in the dynasty space, Dynasty space aren't mm -hmm. used to trading because in redraft, it really doesn't happen a whole lot unless you're right. in a really active league. So what kind of advice do you have for people who are first starting out when they look at trading as scary or something that they're, they just yeah. don't really want to attempt to do it because they don't want to mess up? Yeah, no, no it's, it is tough. Um, I, I always recommend <clears throat> excuse me there's always a couple of people in the league who are like down to down to trade or, or at least down to talk about trading right so so you've got it you've got somewhere to start but 
I like starting with just a little trade to to just get the juices flowing a, a little bit, even if it's a player for a second round or something. You know, not some massive trade where somebody's getting fleeced and then everybody's ultra spooked. You just do <laughs> yeah. one of those good old fashioned regular fair trades. <laughs> I will trade you this player for a second rounder. Then everybody can kind of take a deep breath. You get the adrenaline, you know, pump from seeing a trade's been completed, or you and that other league mate who made the trade, you're all pumped up. So I just say um, maintaining the relationships with your with your league mates, um, and and yeah, just trying to just trying to take it take it slowly and not make anybody look like a fool because it just ends up screwing up the whole league. Indeed, it does. It it really does. And being in a league, let's say you're in a league where you take over an orphan and there's mm -hmm. people out there that don't know what that means. And some people think yeah. if I'm getting started, maybe I need to go and pick up an orphan. And some people are like, I just want to start from scratch and, and have my own, you know, building blocks right there. Mm -hmm. When, when you look in it, look into your lineup and you're like, okay, I'm taking over this orphan team first, like let people know exactly what that means. But also yeah. when you do that, how do you, decide how to rebuild that team or make that team how do you what thought process goes into yeah. like that lineup sure sure so so yeah an orphan is when um when a a dynasty team that's that's in need of love is uh is, <laughs> yes. is is left an owner for whatever reason whether it's you know financial or they're just tired of beating their head against the wall and they decide <laughs> hey i'm guys i'm gonna guys and gals i'm gonna leave this league yeah. and then there is now an orphan available to be uh to be adopted so orphan when when you pick up an orphan that is always that's always one of the most exciting times in in the league if you ask me because they see this new manager come in and then just like you said when you were getting into <laughs> dynasty and you were thrown to the wolves yep <laughs> everybody just like you better like happen to be available at that part of the day like because there is going to be a trade barrage where oh, this yeah. new manager is just going to receive <laughs> dozens of trades hopefully if it's a healthy league uh trying to get their players but when i take over an orphan i think it's a blast because you look at it you're like you're hoping to see in Superflex, at least, that there is like a QB to work with. Uh, you hope to see just a couple valuable pieces, and you're like, all right, I'm going to make this my own. So typically what people do is they'll just blow up an orphan and and start from scratch, look at as much as they can for whatever players they have, and then and then just make it your own. Uh, some orphans are, are not as gross as others, and they're actually like almost playoff teams. So if if you want to i guess if somebody's first getting in dynasty and they want to pick up an orphan uh, i feel like that's an okay way to do it but if you pick up a bad one you could be in for like a like a very rough uh introduction to dynasty definitely yeah that sounds as you said it i'm like that sounds doesn't sound that fun you know it doesn't no. at least not for a while yeah especially if you stink and the orphan already stinks yeah. so you're, you're just you're just, just doubling like, down double whammy and you're just yeah you double whammy indeed i'd be like i'm done with dynasty <laughs> when you when you look at redraft and you look at dynasty what is the biggest difference in the mindset you have to have in between the the two redraft and dynasty yeah they're actually becoming more and more alike every year the the dynasty window you know building for a couple years that's that's kind of out the window now everything is week to week it's treated like redraft the way that people are playing these days so so it's actually not 
too different. I mean, people are trying to get the same players in redraft as they are in dynasty. Typically, you're like, oh, I like this, you know, young stud wide receiver for dynasty, you know, in two, three years, he'll be good. But no, there's there's that that's not the game anymore. It's what can you do for me right now? And if you're not producing for me right now, what what pick can I trade you for to (laughs) then go get a player who is doing something right now? So it's so it's such a it's such an organic market right now with keep trade cut. You can go on that site and just the fluctuations with the with the ranks it's all crowdsourced and the fluctuations that you see on a daily and weekly basis with these players is incredible it it basically mirrors redraft at this point so gotta find an edge i'm not really sure why i didn't even realize that yes i'm seeing that too with the redraft and and dynasty and i'm like trying to trade certain players like oh and then it's not working for me and i'm like why this is dynasty why aren't (laughs) but i get it i get it and what how you said it they do players fluctuate so quickly and Mm -hmm. when i go in and look at the trade calculators you know i'm like wow i looked at this two days ago and it was like i was ahead and now you know it's just like it's it's interesting to see how people's opinions on players change and you, you had brought up you know, using trade calculators and not being scared of that. And mm-hmm. I know that that's kind of a divide, it, you know, not that it divides people, but I know that there's some people that are like, oh, trade calculators. And then, you know, there's some people that are like that that's their bread and butter. Right. So um, why do you think that dynasty, like, you know, the trade calculators that are out there, you know, we've already listed <laughs> different ones, but mm-hmm. what, why do you think that people have an issue with, People I, using those. I think it's more so just how um well first off, find out what calculator they're using. Yeah. And it's like, okay, use that to your advantage. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they treat this, if they treat this like gospel, then yeah, okay, let's see. My side of the trade is is a little uh in favor. Let me just tack on a bunch of thirds and stuff to make the to make the scales even out. No, but I, I guess some people like I think back to uh league managers that I was that I were dealing with who were so rigid when it came to trade calculators, it is kind of, it is kind of frustrating because you happen to like the player. Yes. You, you happen to like the player a lot that you're trying to get and the trade calculator mm-hmm. just makes it look like you are absolutely fleecing that person, even though you're, you're really not. So you're battling against another league mate. Who's a beginner who doesn't know a ton. You're a beginner who doesn't know a ton. And you've got this platform that's telling you yeah. <laughs> what the value, you know, it's like, it's like all these competing variables. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, it just ends up being a hot mess, but, but no calculators. I, I think, um, yeah, I think the Dynasty Nerds, they're getting theirs like built into Sleeper or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's pretty dope. Or something yeah, like might that, be, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It might be like a like a pilot or something from the GM tool, but um pretty dope. Yeah, I, I think yeah. they're I think they're here to stay and should and should be used, but but wisely. But wisely. I mean it gives you projected points in your apps that you use. So like that's kind of using a you know, it's it's kind of sure. it's kind of similar, you know. So are there any other resources i know you're a big resource so let's kind of plug some of your stuff for people that are interested in dynasty what what do you have out there for people to to take in yeah so we um so there's there's different types when we started dynasty trades in five right off the bat we we wanted to be true to ourselves we're not like 
um, buy this player, sell this player. Um, this player is going, you know, skyrocketing up our rankings, you know, like, like that kind of sensational type of, of content. The three of us already were very much like strategy focused players. Everything's about process, about how to properly build your roster, how to look at the scoring format in your league and be like, I don't know why I care so much about a running back when a running back is the last thing I want in this format. I want a slot receiver who catches a ton of balls. So it's really looking at the strategy and the, yeah, kind of the the more of the setting stuff in the background and making decisions that are player agnostic. So that is really what our content is and, and what our community that we've come to build appreciates is it is how to get better at Dynasty, not like, hey, we can pick better players than the next show. There are tons of good content creators and, and YouTube channels and all that'll give you all the buy, sell, hold stuff that you could possibly want. That's just not going to be on our channel. It's going to be it's going to be strategy and uh, strategy and trades. And Shane. And Shane. You can't forget Shane. Um, yeah. And Shane's been on this podcast. So go back and listen to Shane's episode. But talking to you about having shows that you put out and putting out the videos on YouTube. How did how did you decide, like, this is how we're going to do it? And what is the process behind you doing it for the first time, getting it out there? Yeah, it was it was definitely a, a learning experience um, along the way. We actually just celebrated our two year anniversary uh, earlier this month. We started, yeah, we started the channel with a Miles My Sanders five minute show uh, two years ago plus uh, plus a couple weeks. But it was learning everything on the fly. Like I had never even set up a YouTube channel you know, set up like the, the about me's and, and all this. How do I even upload a video? What is this title and description? Oh, I'm supposed to optimize that by having keywords and all? No, I was just putting in words like dynasty trades dash the player name and then would have nothing in the description. My thumbnail was garbage. So literally just putting stuff up there because I realized that I guess I didn't realize how hooked I was going to get on it and how I was just going to start just devouring content on YouTube about how to grow on YouTube. Yeah. Just got obsessed, right? Completely obsessed. So I learned as I was just devouring this content, I was still like uploading and trying to optimize what I was, what I was putting out there. But then my five minute trade show went from being five minutes with Shane and Scott to being three hours every night. <laughs> and a that's lot a of big that, jump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's that's me being an amateur and all, but it's just there's so much more into it than you think. The recording is the tiniest bit of the of the project. When it comes to, you know, you press that publish button, you've worked for hours and hours and hours before hitting that button. And then after you hit it, you watch it and you're like, all right, on to the next one. And, you know, you bringing up watching those YouTube videos that kind of helped you mm -hmm. learn how to grow. I've, I listen to podcasts a lot, or at least I was binging them about how to grow your podcast. Right. Yeah. And obviously I'm not the type of person that learns very much. So uh, it's growing <laughs> just, you know, and not the way that, you know, you, those guys make you think, you know, so don't, sure. don't ever feel uh, like, oh man, you know, nobody's listening to my podcast. Nobody's watching my videos, you know, having that audience, having that community, like you brought up community being so important. 
when you found the fantasy football community, how was that experience? How did you stumble across like all these minds that kind of think the same way you do, or at least like the same stuff you do? Yeah. L- luckily I got my foot in the door with uh, Scott and Shane who are, who are great people. I mean, that's, that's a lot of the reason why the the channel ended up being successful is, is I, I'd like to think I strategically picked a, a couple of co-hosts who already had some influence. They happen to be good guys and they, uh, yeah, they know their stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I was at least like introduced to the side of the fantasy community that I wanted to be on, you know, right. the, the patrons and, and all from both of their podcasts, just so many sharp people in there, same interests. And I mean, everybody, every guy and girl in the, in the fantasy football industry, it's the same person, (laughs) you you know, it seems like we all have our like issues. We have like, you know, our history of this and that's like with like mental health, we're all introverts. Like you you realize you just have a lot more of you out there who like to play this silly game called fantasy football. So it was a home. (laughs) There are plenty of us. Yes. Yes. And Okay, so podcasting, videos, mm-hmm. when I listen to you guys, when I watch your videos and I can see you interacting and mm-hmm. see the flow and I can see how you keep things going, a nice flow, kind of, even with Shane, it's, it is, you know, <laughs> he's still doing a great job wrangling Shane, but when you, like, for people who want to host a show or want to mm-hmm. have multiple hosts on a show, how do you go about doing that? What kind of suggestions do you have for people who are like, okay, I want to do this? How do we interact together without stepping on each other's toes constantly? Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> it's definitely uh, definitely a learning a learning process, especially when we did less live streaming. We actually didn't do live streaming until I think it was yeah it was like a year a year ago now. But we did everything was recorded content, and I did all the editing. So you have Shane who has his ums and ahs and. He's a human, right? We all right. do that. We all do that. But I was such a perfectionist that I was in there like getting rid of all the getting rid of all the um. So so that's a recorded side. But yeah, when I'm hosting, it's just with Shane, you, you just have to go with with feel. You have to just let him go when he's about to do his thing. Because we also have a TikTok and Instagram where Shane is very valuable in terms of me being able to <laughs> make funny <laughs> content out of what he says. So it's just trying to, I'm basically, when it, when it comes to YouTube, I'm an audience retention whore. So YouTube, if you want to grow on it, it's all about getting your, your viewers to make it all the way to the end. They start the video, they stick around, they make it to the end because at the end, you have another video that pops up on the screen saying, hey, watch me next. And you start this binge. And that's mm-hmm. what YouTube wants, right? YouTube mm-hmm. wants everybody to stay on the platform. Okay. So if you can do that, if you have a thumbnail and a title that get them to click and then they make it all the way through to the next one, they watch another. Sure, they may subscribe. That's great and all. But YouTube's like, hey, this content's pretty cool. So basically when I'm hosting, I just try to make sure that there's not like when I get the sense that, ooh, this could be this could be an audience retention dip spot. This is a trap spot where if I don't jump in and, and move the, the topic to this or move on to another question, this could be a bailout spot. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just 
picturing the graph in my head, my crazy. <laughs> I, love <laughs> and, I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just picturing that in my head and being like, up, oh, up, oh, here, we got a dip. We got a dip. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. But, but people don't people don't realize like audience retention wise, even if you have good content, uh, you lose like 20 to 30% of the people right within the first 30 seconds. So yeah, once yeah. you start seeing those graphs, you get very, uh, very protective over your over your videos and your viewers. I feel that uh, that's how I feel about the podcast. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm gonna make my intro short and sweet. So we can get right. to the point because I don't want somebody clicking off of it. Come on, we put our hard work and our time into right. this and our energy and we're doing this <laughs> for you guys because we love you so much. So thumbnails you had brought up and you said when you mm -hmm. first started doing them, they weren't anything to write home about. They weren't great. Well, I see them now and they look pretty awesome. Like they catch your eye. They're right there. You can, you know exactly what it's about. And do you make those still? And, and yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I do. And I appreciate you saying that, but I still think our thumbnails <laughs> are, are like a six out of 10 at best. They're actually tricky to do, but yeah, at first they were so garbage and I was so worried about using player pictures because of copyright issues mm -hmm. that the first bunch of them just had like, Oh, they're so gross looking, but it was just like yellow text with the player's name. And then like dynasty was in red and like just this ugly background. But I look around YouTube <laughs> and everybody's using player pictures. It's not like everybody's paying for like yeah. some license to be able to use them. So I was like, Oh, start adding players into the thumbnails. What do you know? People click on it when there's a player on there. So crazy. Who would have thought? <laughs> that is, who that is, thought. Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of fun with the, with the thumbnails, especially the, the live stream ones. I, I wish I was a better uh, graphic designer than I am. It's, it's all in my head. I just can't open up Photoshop and be like, oh yeah, let me adjust this blurriness or let me crop yeah. this little tiny portion of this. I do everything in Canva. Yeah, so, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I've outgrown Canva, but at, at the same yeah. time, Canva does enough, enough, basically. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why I pay for the, you know, the premium Canva, maybe because I make a new t-shirt every two or three months, but yeah. it, I like it a lot. I get it, get all, I'm like, oh, look how cool. Oh yeah, this, that, and the other. So I suggest Canva if you're, especially if you're like first starting out and you don't, cause it's pretty Definitely. easy, but the basic stuff is even pretty easy. So. Yeah. And you can edit on it. Like, do you, have you ever done like, do you do your audio editing and stuff on it? Or is that just nope. your graphics? Just my graphics. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cause I do, I do the video editing on there too. Oh, for really? the longest time. Yeah. <laughs> and and ah. it's, it's kind of clunky and, and like yeah. you're limited in what you can do, but you can, you could run a YouTube channel on freaking Canva, which is just kind of that's, wild. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. Did not know that. Okay. Okay. You have any no. other tips or tricks for people who are like any tools you use to kind of get started or things that. So tube, tube buddy, B U D D Y is, is a good tool that, uh, it helps you with keyword searches and, and tips for optimizing, uh, your content for the algorithm and all. So TubeBuddy is, is one of them. Vid IQ, V I D I Q is the same kind of tool, but honestly, the, the best thing you can do is just keep making videos. You just keep making videos. You'll get better. You'll be more comfortable in front of the camera. You'll learn more from your audience in terms of what he or she wants. And you just go from there. I mean, 
we've posted 360, 370 videos on the channel at this point, I guess the first 150 were trash, <laughs> you know, like they, they were as far as, as far as what we'd say now, like they're, they're trash comparatively, but just, just record, just, just put it out there. There, there is tons of competition though. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what, like you have to, you have to find a niche or yeah. some, something unique, or you just have to work harder than everyone. If you want to quote unquote, make it, <laughs> and, you know? it, yeah, working hard and, and finding that, that group of people, you brought up the community again, you know, I'm, well, I'm bringing it up again because I love the community. Mm -hmm. I'm not like sucking up to you guys and gals, but I, I you guys are the bee's knees. I appreciate everything. So you do a lot of collaborations, have people that you work mm -hmm. with from other fantasy football sites and organizations. Uh, how do you find people that you are going to work well with? How do you, do they reach out to you? Do you reach out to them? How did you find all these interesting people to work with? Yeah. So luckily with the, with the success of dynasty trades and five, our brand has like a, like a little bit of juice behind it now to where I don't have to have to sell us too much when I spam myself out to the, to the big <laughs> names in the industry of the podcasters like yourself, like, Hey, I'll come on. Um, yeah. So, so that makes it, that makes it, uh, easier. But, but yeah, essentially I just, I reach out to reach out to people say, Hey, I'd love to love to collab with you. And yeah, I've managed to score some, some great guests on, uh, on the show. I actually host dynasty different is what I call it. And I host it either on Wednesday or, or Friday nights, but I essentially just, it's just me. And I have a, uh, a guest, a collaborator, kind of like what we're doing here. And, and yeah, I've had some, had some great names from like, Izzy from Dynasty Trade Calculator. Yeah, obviously had Russ the other day. Too, Nate Liss. Too many good names to uh, to ring them all off. But it's 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 an honor, honestly, and it's so cool because I'm fans of all of these people. That's that's the best part. Is is like somebody in the crowd the other day in a live stream or, or a while back was like, Clay's one of us. <laughs> it's like, yes, I am. Yep. I, I I happen to be sitting in between experts, but yeah, I'm I'm basically just you guys and that's what i am on my show on on fridays i'm i'm a fan of the person who i have on and we just we just chat we talk about dynasty and content creation that's rad that's super rad and doing live streams and having been doing it for about a year or so what mm -hmm. have you learned about the live streaming process mm. it's it's uh it's it's so wild because again i said like i'm kind of an introvert like by nature so to this day, I, I get nervous before live streams. And <laughs> when I'm on camera, I'm so self-aware of being on camera. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's still it's still tricky, but there are benefits to it. Like when it comes to the post-production editing, there isn't any of it. <laughs> I mean, you you can you can go back in and, and edit stuff, but you have all the the front end stuff that you get ready, like the thumbnail description, all of that, but you set up the stream. You hit go live, then you end the show and it auto stops it on, on YouTube. And there you go. So I don't have to go in and add a ton of graphics and, you know, pay an editor a bunch of money to trim down the stream into a 20 minute, like cool, visually cool show. So I don't know. I, we love live streaming. Yeah. We love engaging with the, with the community that that's literally the way if you want to succeed on on youtube in my opinion just build a community and the rest will come like i started doing these uh these little TikToks 
and I guess YouTube shorts too, but TikTok, Instagram, YouTube short, it's dynasty trades in hindsight. And I think I've finished three parts of it now, but essentially I go over one good thing I did when starting the channel and one bad thing I did. And that's just going to kind of be an ongoing series. But if you want to succeed on YouTube, whatever succeeding looks like for you, build a community. If you have somebody who comes onto your channel, they look at one of your videos and they post a comment on your videos, that's that's gold for you. Mm-hmm. So not only do you answer that comment, you ask a question. You start a conversation because then when the next person goes and sees your video, oh, people are chatting in the comments and they join. And then yeah. that just that just builds and builds and builds and you can have a monster behind the scenes. I'm more likely to tune in when it's a live show because that are you, you know, I kind of am because it's yeah. fun because the, everybody's interacting with the community, the people that are in the chat and seeing that because right. it makes people feel really good to know that yes, they can communicate with you and you're going to acknowledge that they said something, you know, so I, I really like that. I used to go on the open bar way back in the day mm-hmm. and that was the same kind of thing where you just kind of like it's just more it feels more comfortable. You're just kind of in that setting where once you get going yeah. it's comfortable i mean i i freak out whenever i have to even do something that i'm just recording like this i'm like okay, okay i can do this i can do <laughs> yeah, this right. breathe breathe do you consume content from others do you listen to podcasts or not, it doesn't even have to be fantasy football related but are you a podcast kind of guy yeah yeah and I, I got into a big music kick um after just yeah that just devouring digital marketing content. I burned myself out on it. And that was maybe like six months ago or something, then got into a big music kick. And that's a question I ask everybody who's on my show is if I hop into your whip, what song do I hear? And basically it was just getting like a list from guests as to, you know, what he or she likes. And then I'm going back to my old, old school hip hop and, and also got really into music, but Yes, I do listen to uh, do listen to podcasts. Listen to a couple fantasy ones. We'll throw on um, an audio book here and there, whether it's like Tim Ferriss, like Four Hour Work Week, or um, or yeah, I still listen to a lot of um, a lot of content creation stuff. I love Casey. I don't know if you've ever seen this show, but Colin and Samir, they're on YouTube. They basically. They they have a show about the creator economy and they they hope they host uh, various guests and stuff, too, and talk through the creator process and creator uh, community. And it's fantastic. Colin and Samir. But I listen. I listen to pretty much everything. (laughs) I have to have some noise in the background, though. Are you like that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm at work and I really I I put podcast on and maybe I don't catch everything. I have to go back and rewind and, and, you know, take notes while I'm doing my work. (laughs) I I listen to all kinds of podcasts. I've been on a all fantasy, everything kick again lately. I hadn't watched or listened to that podcast in a while. And I'm like, let me get back into that because I find podcasts that I like the way that they put their podcast out, the way that they communicate with each other, the the vibe of the show. And I just kind of binge listen to all of those and kind of try to pick up tips and tricks have you learned anything over your years of putting out podcasts and videos? Have you learned what are the things, the the key things that you learned to from the beginning to where you are now? 
Yeah, just just again focusing on um focusing on the community. Everything you do, it's okay, is this on brand? Is this what my community wants? But in terms of like a like a tangible thing that you can do, just cutting out intros completely. We start off our shows literally going right into a dynasty trade. The other live <laughs> stream, I, I listen back to our live streams because I then um take little uh timestamps and send it to my editor and say hey we should make a TikTok out of this section but so i listened back to it and the other day we didn't talk about anything other than dynasty until the 53rd minute and that's when we said hi to the crowd who had been in there for 53 minutes so we take pride in that but it's also like the data supports the fact that just get rid of the intro just get right into the content people know why they clicked on it they, they clicked on the thumbnail and the title. They, they know what the content's going to be. So just get right into it. <laughs> I, I like that because like I was saying earlier about trying to keep my intro short. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. well, maybe I can just have some them introduce themselves at the beginning. And I was like, but they're going to talk about themselves. Whatever. I'm overthinking things, you know, and, and the way you do it is so interesting. It is so it's different than a lot of podcasts. I can't, no offense to the people who do it, but I'll listen to your three minute podcast intro song one time maybe and yeah. <laughs> i'm not gonna listen to it again so yeah yeah you, or you hit that right. 30 that 30 second skip button yes. time and time and time again until you're yeah. like oh they're talking about content okay let me hit okay. back twice <laughs> and it sucks because i know that people it, it it's awesome to hear the creativity that goes behind some of that stuff i just i know that everybody is different on what they prefer in their podcast listening. So I prefer, you know, right. I also, you know, I don't have ads on the show, not, not for lack of trying, but more because, you know, when I listen to podcasts, I'm not going to lie and say, I don't skip ads. I mean, I do. I mean, for the most part, unless I'm like busy at work, like working and then Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's nothing I can do about it. Um, Yeah. But, but I've also found some cool products by actually listening to ads. So you know, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. Get it's that, get that bad. toothbrush or whatever. So, <laughs> okay. So let's go back to the whole pandemic part of everything. Mm-hmm. Is that because COVID came into the picture or did, was pandemic before all of that? That was, I, I definitely used, it, it was, yeah, it was during COVID and pandemic was obviously a, uh, was obviously a buzzword, but I, I wanted to use it in a, in a, a classy way if that's even possible you know there's there's classy wasn't yeah i wasn't at all trying to you know use that in in my favor but that name came to me um and yeah it was it was during the during the covid period i remember being at the fantasy football expo the first one that i had been to uh exhibiting as dynasty pandemic and we were all wearing masks It (laughs) it was crazy so the expo the fantasy football expo we talk mm-hmm. about that a lot on this show just because it's such a awesome event where the community can yes. come together again with that word but it's a great word it's a great community uh how many years have you gone to the expo and only twice okay. yeah and only twice i went three years ago and then this past year three years ago and this past year all right yeah. all right and what was the experience like for you this last year that you were there uh, or even the first time you went, what was that experience like? The the first time I went, it went as as well as as I thought it could have. I was like on point with uh like oh I've got my booth looking good, you know I've got I've got the website is set up. I had an an app, Dynasty Pandemic app. Everything is now DynastyTradesIn5.com. But um, 
everything was looking good. I met like, um, yeah, I like talked to Scott fish for 20 minutes and he was like, Hey, maybe I'll, uh, get involved with you at some point. So I was riding this high. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, eventually Shane and Scott come into the mix. Cause it's like, I need to promote this, this dynasty pandemic thing now, but, uh, no, it was, it was so awesome. The first expo. And then this past one, it was, it was honestly kind of, it was honestly kind of bizarre. It was very cool, but it was kind of bizarre at the same time because it's like the first time that anybody knew who the hell I was. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> like I literally what I'm, yeah, what, what I'm what I'm reaching into or reaching out to to people and brands and stuff. I always introduce myself as I'm Clay. I'm the guy in the middle of the screen mm-hmm. on our shows. <laughs> and and people will be like, I know who you are, or right. or they just like let me go with that. But but yeah, it was um yeah, walking around wearing our wearing our merch and stuff and having fans come up and say, Oh, we we love your show. And and it, it's just again it's awkward for me because i don't necessarily like that much attention but it was it was so cool to see like fans then also like you know other podcasters and other um other youtube content creators like i i met nate list there uh the first night and i i was always i always dug his stuff and his content creation his editing skills talked to him and then at the expo we set up a collaboration for three days later on our channel so just going out and just, yeah, I was just ultra aggressive and trying to be just very personable. And I was shaking everybody's hand, just trying to kiss as many babies as I could at that expo to, <laughs> to get some, get some collabs going. Did see you making your rounds and Shane be like, where did he go? <laughs> 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 also, where did Shane go? Like, I don't know. Where did he go? So well, wait, that was two was years so... ago for me, but <laughs> yeah, Shane yeah. Is a fun it was, one it was a blast though. He is so fun to hang out with in person. That was the second time I've I've seen him in person. The first time was at the the initial expo. This was the first time I met Scott in person. Oh, and really? he and I, yeah, we had okay. been doing the show like obviously on StreamYard for a couple of years, but first time meeting him in person. And uh and yeah, we took this cool picture, like a selfie kind of right before the end. And Shane posted it saying, This is trades in five, and it got like tons of tons of likes and and like impressions and stuff and it's just a great picture of the three of us and it's just like this natural shot of us that's so um, i like that so much yeah awesome. yeah was it meeting him in person for the first time was it awkward or was it cool or how or was it like normal like that's my homie right there how was it yeah it was it was just it was cool it was cool i yeah. mean yeah it, it absolutely was you, you feel like you know them but when you're actually standing around them it's like okay well <laughs> <laughs> like let's let's make sure you are cool like i know you in in one hour and 30 minute time stamps now but it was it was great we stayed in the same place and we were yeah, we were there for two days, two days together. So we got, we got really tight over those couple of days. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. G- going to the expo and meeting people and just people I didn't even know existed and just finding them and finding their content and just being like in people that don't even put out content that are just there as fans of fantasy football. That was mm-hmm. rad to see. Des Bryant was rad to see as a Cowboys fan. I'm not so sure for a Commanders fan how you feel about that. I I met him. I met him. Yeah, yeah. No. Threw threw up the X. No, that was that was cool. Did you say you met Des there? I did. Yeah. 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 I did, and that was cool. <laughs> that was really cool. I was really hoping. I was like scared that I wasn't going to get it this chance to because I was seeing so many people who had met him, but I didn't go to the flag football game and. 
you know, I was like, ah, but we went to his, his presentation, uh, that Sunday. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, afterwards, I'm like, yo, bro, I asked you a question. Can I please take a picture with you, please? I'm like, I freaked out, but he was cool. So (laughs) did they, they took your question from the, uh, from the crowd? Yeah. I don't even remember really what it was. I was just (laughs) like, uh, hi, you're Des Bryant. I am a Cowboys fan. Cause there was like a, you know, a Giants fan in front of me or something and so on and so forth. But yeah, I think it was something about, you know, getting us, the content creators kind of like to, they were saying that they were focusing on us and they wanted us to help them out and, and kind of, you know, kind of be a way of spreading the word and all of that. So I just right. kind of wanted to know about like, cause they've said that they like input from other, you know, from people as well. So I just kind of wanted to get, you know, the content creators a little bit of, Hey, yeah. we really can help you out if you need help with whatever you need help with. So I'm trying to, you know, yeah. he, saw it. he saw what, why he was there. He saw how the community was and, how many people were there to, for fantasy football? I made a I made a sweet promo video that I never got a response on from him. No, the the whole purpose was <laughs> to make a yeah personal corner. How he said he wanted to work with content creators and stuff. I basically recorded footage at the expo and created this like promo like pitch video. Like, hey, Des, you should you should work with Dynasty Trades and Five. Hey, and that's hey, what hey. I said when I took the picture with him too. And he didn't he didn't respond to the to the video. Video is pretty sweet though. Either way, it was fun to make. Well, I mean, the video sounds dope. But I don't I don't know if I've saw it or not. Oh, I'm a bad human. It was like a four, was it was like just like a 40, <laughs> 40 second like okay. fun uh, fun video and uh, and yeah, crickets. But it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So, <laughs> I mean, it happens, and and you know, uh, but it is cool that you you were talking about people coming up to you at the mm-hmm. expo and saying are fans of what you put out they sold yeah. the merch all of that so i know that feels really cool to have those people give you that kind of praise mm-hmm. and getting an experience like that i had people last year who were like people are coming up to me and they're saying my name like i said your name last year you yeah, know like they yeah. know who i am so yeah like r- really how does it i know you've been praising the people who pay mm-hmm. attention to all and are a part of your community but how important, I mean, what does it mean to you? This this is your chance to really tell those people how much they mean to you. Yeah, no, <laughs> no a, a ton, a ton, honestly, because when we did our, our first super stream, we did a five hour live stream, uh, I guess, I don't know, six months ago or something, but this guy in the crowd from like fantasy life football or something. And I, I used to remember the exact timestamp. It was like four hours and 11 minutes in, but the question was, something along the lines of tips for for content creation and i started talking about the channel and i like started getting emotional yeah. and i i was Feel like that. i was like <laughs> i honestly get emotional when i talk about this channel and i think about the community and everybody who yeah. supports us so so for me it was meeting a couple of those people you know in real life and, and being able to see it and people saying oh yeah your content's awesome but i only it's not like a billion people are coming up to us. That's for sure. Maybe when I was next to Shane and we were all wearing our gear, <laughs> I also happen to be like six six, so I kind of stick out. But you, you do. Yeah. <laughs> you are. T- I was surprised at how tall you were when I saw you in person. I'm like, whoa, hi. <laughs> it's like milk chugging champion for my whole life. No, uh, but yeah, no, that was that was cool. But at the same time, like, who is it? Toronto Dave is the man. He's yeah. the absolute man, and he was like. Uh, 
you guys are like my heroes. I was like, Dave, I was like, I love you, Dave, but no mas, no more. <laughs> you can't tell me how much you love me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> You're the man. I appreciate you too. Like, yeah. you know. It's like so sweet and so nice when people will come and recognize mm -hmm. your work. And then it's also kind of like, oh, my face is turning red. You're, you know, I'm blushing. It's like, yeah. It, 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 and the emotions, like you said, getting emotional over that stuff. It's like when I'm in therapy and I'm talking to my therapist about mm -hmm. my podcast and I'm getting like so emotional about it. And like, yeah. I love being able to talk to people and help people and all of that stuff, like blah, blah, blah. But she's right. like, but she's, she's listening. Maybe it's because she gets paid to listen, but she's like, yeah, the podcast. Good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. We're getting close to the end, but not too, too close. We're getting there. We're almost there. But I wanted to bring up before I forgot about the whole, you had posted something back in July, was it July? July about, um, you know, making a bold decision and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. How did you, what was the bold decision you made and how did you come to that conclusion? Yeah. So I had been, like I said, in, uh, in medical sales for, for a bunch of years and for, I guess after I started the YouTube channel, I just became more and more complacent in that industry. People hear, you know, the glitz and glam or whatever about medical equipment sales. And a lot of it is true. Like you, you do well, you have like benefits, but yeah, I just was not in there in my head and here i am in the operating room and i'm thinking about a youtube channel not <laughs> not what i'm in there selling that day so i was just getting complacent it was 11 11 years in the same job it's going fine you know it's great great for the fam and stuff like that but my passion and all is in digital marketing content creation building community things like that so i was like you know what this is a good time with the with the channel. We're not exactly raking it in. We have a Patreon and stuff, but making some income from the channel. And I'm just gonna. I've got some savings. I'm gonna do some. Uh, start my own side media company and just freaking go for it. Um, and yeah, I mean, here I am, like a couple couple months later. Stuff is going okay, but it definitely is scary. It's not like it's not the top line income that I had previously. Um, so it's like, ah, do I have to get another job? And the answer is yes, but <laughs> but it doesn't have to be in, in med sales anymore. I, there you go. That's what's cool is now I've realized when I've been uh, been doing like a couple gigs on Upwork and stuff, like I I have talents now in digital marketing, being able to create YouTube channels and grow TikToks and stuff. So thank goodness for that. <laughs> that is so cool, though, that you were able to use that knowledge that you've gained to give you all those avenues now and yeah there there's a there's a market for it so so i realized like you know could could i get back into like a like a sales gig like that and yes i could and then just do this at night but ultimately like i said i'm an entrepreneur at heart and i i just want to work for work for myself and work with people i don't want anybody to ever work for me if i'm paying if if uh if i'm paying for health insurance and stuff and you're getting a w2 for me maybe you work for me but other than that no i don't i don't take myself seriously enough i'd rather just uh work with people no i get that i get it i get it yeah so what do you do to in your free time it sounds like you have a mm -hmm. lot going on a lot of, of obviously fun mm -hmm. stuff going on but also a lot of stuff going on what do you do in your free time when you have that that time to just what's free time what's free i know time? i know 
Um, but I'm trying. I'm trying to see. Like, there's got to be like thirty seconds out of, of a day. No, I'm just kidding. But. Yeah, yeah. No, I um I used to play more golf before I had kids. So I've got a six-year-old and a four-year-old, two boys. They definitely occupy any. Yeah, any hours that they're awake, they're <laughs> occupying my uh my time. But but no, they're awesome. But if it's just me, if it's in the morning, uh, I love to uh I love to work on the on the lawn. I love to mow the lawn. I love to do like gardening type stuff. Um, sweat it out a bunch. I like that. And then I like what else? What else? I like driving around, Casey. Okay. I wish I wish gas were free, but I just like driving around and listening to music. I've always been like that. You know, take the take the long way home or whatever. Yeah. There's this one spot that's like it's a good 30 minutes away from my house, but once you get up there and you get into like the little side roads and stuff, it's it's my Zen drive. And I used to call it my dynasty drive. It's where I would like, <laughs> it was when I was really hooked. I would be driving around and I'm thinking of trades that I'm gonna send when I get off the road, but oh, I, I just- <laughs> Dynasty drive. My dynasty drive, so yeah. Well, I get that. Just, I used to just, drive to clear my mind like mm -hmm. just whenever there's just too much going on or whatever just you know go out somewhere whether it's pretty and and yeah take it all take it all in so you know it i have a few i did this last week with trash sandwiches ariel i had her on and we i haven't put this up that episode out yet but i need to um but on that episode i had gone over the fact that i asked chat gpt to just give me five random questions for a podcast guest that would be interesting and fun, right? Nice. Um, and so I did that again today, if I can find it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so do you mind answering five questions that chat Let's GPT wants to know? We're helping out the uh, AI of the world, but here Let's we go. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, so if you could switch lives with any fictional character for one day, who would it be and why? <laughs> with any fictional character... Um, what fictional character could uh, time travel? Uh, what fictional character? My my ultimate thing, so like you you have yeah. you have one wish. Yeah. My wish is for a pause button, not even a go back in time, but a pause button. Oh. So I'm trying to think of what fictional character could freeze time. <laughs> anything come to mind for you is there some kind of superhero like no like because all i can think of everything? is back to the future and i can't get that out of my head so i'm like or or zach morris just calling time out but <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so i don't know what fictional character it would be basically just just to be able to control uh time and be able to press pause dope that's what i want as my superpower if uh if you could eliminate one thing from your daily routine what mm. would it be and why i could eliminate it from my daily routine <sighs> what would it be and why yeah because i definitely don't want to sit in traffic i would definitely take that out of my daily routine so if i could just get to work without having to drive it'd be pretty dope it's <laughs> it's tough yeah that would that would be good if i could get rid of one thing I don't know. I mean, because the things that I want to get rid of are, are like uh, parental responsibility things. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what you I mean? You guys can take care of yourself, but I'm still here. But like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I guess it would be. I guess it would be um, 
as opposed to removing something, it would be focusing on being more present in in certain oh, times. Okay. So being more present, uh, like in the mornings with the kids before they go to school or when uh, my kid gets off the bus or when I'm building uh, magnet tiles and marble runs with them, which I like to do. I'm basically like a big kid, just making sure I'm present in those moments. Rad. That's a good one, actually. I, I, I don't know if I could think of anything really, really, good, <laughs> you know, besides <laughs> the it's driving tough. and traffic thing. Yeah. And I only have to go like 10 minutes down the road. So it's not like traffic's bad, oh, but I always on. leave the house late. So I'm like, oh my God, I get to go to work on time. <laughs> okay. So what is the weirdest or most unusual thing, talent that you have that people might not know about or something that, you know, kind of shocking that people might not know about? Uh, weird or unusual talent. Anything. I know this is kind of hard because I, I mean, I rap, but that's unusual. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the best part of your uh, of your Twitter bio. It's, it's that, <laughs> that, it's that you're a freestyle rapper. rapper. <laughs> Party tricks. Um, I. Th- I mean, when I was a kid, I used to be able to like, you know, belch ABCs and stuff oh. like that. I don't, I don't know if I, if I still can, I'm trying to think if I, if there's anything cool that I can do, what, what, are, what, are, Dynasty. what do you do that's, <laughs> what do you do that's, that's cool that people. That's what I'm of? saying. I couldn't really think either. The only thing I could think of was like rapping. I don't know. I've gone to Italy. That's cool. I don't know. Do you have an experience or something that you've done or like something we out of the blue that happened to you that you weren't expecting oh i um i jumped off of a chairlift at a at a ski hill let's let's talk about that yeah so i I was learning how to ski and uh and i got on the (laughs) wrong chairlift line from my from my sister and mom and i thought the lift that i got on was going all the way up to the top of the mountain and then I was going to have to take a black diamond down the hill. So <laughs> I'm there on my own on that uh, on that chairlift. Oh man. I wait till there's a decent time to jump and then I just jumped off that chairlift. Landed next to a half pipe, ski flew off, went into the half pipe down the hill. I was a hot mess, cut myself on all this ice and whatnot. But but yeah, so that's something you didn't know about me. I jumped off a chairlift like on purpose. On purpose. Clay's <laughs> over here just being a stunt man. That's crazy. There's your new line of work, honestly. If you uh, want to just become a stunt man for like a ski movie, that sounds pretty dope. There if, were easy <laughs> slopes to get down, or I could have just ridden it back down, but nope. You I'm live jumping. and you learn. <laughs> We've all been there, right? Sure, sure. Okay. Do you have a strange food combination or anything that you like? Or is there something maybe mm. people would be like, Oh, you like really spicy food or you like really sour stuff. I do. I do like really spicy food, but I would say when you started saying that, I immediately think about the fact that I'm just very, uh, very brand loyal. Like craft mayo, please get this Hellman's out of my face. Got you. Uh, (laughs) Sour patch kids. What are these sour jacks or these cheese nips? It's cheese. It's, you know, just (laughs) very, very stickler for that. So my wife is when she's like, your fancy ketchup, get out of here with your <laughs> house made fancy ketchup or whatever. When we go out, it's like, I can tell the difference. So I, yeah, get you so I, think, that. that's it. I think that's it for, for me as being very, uh, very, <laughs> very brand loyal. Well, chat GPT did know that you like dynasty trades. So they wanted to know, is there a trade that you can remember that sticks out to you as a memorable trade, whether that's a bad trade or a good trade. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots for <laughs> sure. 
uh one the one that i used with uh with russ the other day on on trade addicts is and yeah henry rugs it's tough to even get into that but i traded i traded aj brown for henry rugs and what ended up being like the 107 first round pick or something and i just feel like a donkey to this day for that one but um a good trade was i traded what was it uh kareem hunt ryan fitzpatrick and a first and i got patrick mahomes which was oh, okay a wild a wild trade maybe it was two first kareem hunt and, and ryan fitzpatrick and got patrick okay. mahomes so that's probably my best one today i like to that. redeem myself in so the you same had to league. right i mean you have to <laughs> and if it was the same league even better yes even better because yes. you can always right the wrongs like <laughs> exactly. my sammy watkins for however many first round picks I gave up to get Sammy Watkins before. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So we all, we all have those that we want to forget. And then the ones that are really awesome. And we're like, yay. Like I can yeah, yeah. pull the wool over Russ's. I'm in a trade addicts league with Russ. So I'm like always nice. trying to like, you like T Higgins, right? Let's go. <laughs> and yeah, like Calvin. That, he know. always loves Calvin Ridley till the yeah. day he dies. Probably till the day he dies. So yeah. Get to know your league mates. Anyway. Right. <laughs> well, Clay, I, I'm so happy that you could come join me for this oh, podcast. This awesome. It's been a, a long time coming. I I moved it because of the Cowboys game, and I was like, they're going to lose, and they ended up winning. But then I was like, oh, crap, <laughs> there is a Rangers game on tonight because they made it to game seven. So I'm like, all right, we're going we're gonna to go down there after that. But this has been the highlight of my day, and that can just be the oh, cherry on top if they win. But I appreciate you so much for coming on. Can you go ahead and just let everybody know where they can find all your content? Yeah, no, thanks so much. This was this was a uh, this is like a bucket list thing for me too. Honestly, I'd, I'd followed you uh, before I met you. Um, yeah, Dynasty Trades in Five. Just find us on YouTube on the YouTube machine. We're also on TikTok and Instagram, Dynasty Trades in Five as well. We post uh, daily reels and and whatnot over there, but. That's one thing we are, is we are consistent. You can find us on Tuesdays, live streaming at 8.30 to 10.30, almost every day on Tuesday. We have, uh, we have like 400 people who hang out with us every single time. And it's just, it's, it's so cool. It's so cool. So find us there. Love it. And, you know, I am not consistent. So if you guys are looking, if you guys and gals are looking for <laughs> some consistency and you're really, really looking for some consistency, go check out. Because... Go check out Dynasty Trades in Five because seriously, they have a lot of fun and you can tell that they're just, you know, they're like you and me. We're just having a good time hanging out. Right. I can't wait to come visit the chat. I'll be in there sometime. So you guys come hang out. Yes. Um, but thank you again, Clay, for coming. I appreciate it so much. No, it's this was this was a great time, Casey. All right, everyone, make sure that you come back next week for another episode of Get Real with Casey Kasem. And remember to stay rad. Get real, everybody.